All right, we can record this episode about Kenny from South Park. (laughs) Kenny Gardner is a very lonely kid. The stranger knows that. The stranger has been watching Kenny from the gazebo in the center of the Did you write this all down? Okay, so I'm Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is like like word for word the whole tape. I know, I know. You're Ryan. This is the Mute Mages. (laughs) We review every adaptation of the X-Men, including Choose Your Own Adventure cassette tapes, which were hard to take notes on because at first I started transcribing the whole thing and then was like, this is insane. I can't do this. I need to find another way to take notes on this episode. Uh, Welcome to our show. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. took them like i normally do like i don't i didn't change the format in which i take notes i just paused and and then i would write down notes on like what what uh, like what what decision i made which which choice i did that too i feel like we gotta back the fuck up here i know we gotta explain what 2xl is right so these are the 2xl bot stories or at least one of them one of two right of which there are only two there but there were several of these made and before i get into the history i want to say that one of our listeners dm'd us and uh i believe that was adam that's that's his name okay yeah because i had to double check because i believe it came through the patreon page so you actually bothered to look up the listener this time unlike last week right (laughs) okay Great correct. job. Doing your and job. <laughs> I did I did it correctly this time. Thanks, Adam. This is a great idea. This was like well, right. really fun. Right. But we'll get to that in a second. He like sent in this email about it and I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I had no idea this existed. Yeah. So you can watch, listen to these again on the internet at 2xlbot.com. Yep. And so the 2XL robot, hilariously, there were two versions of it. And the version that had the X-Men tape cassettes alongside other famous... Yeah, there was like Spider-Man and like a million Batman, other the ones. series. Yep. Like, I'm looking at them. Uh, I see Are You Afraid of the there's, Dark? Yeah, there's Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. And then there's ones that have nothing to do with comic books or like kids media that are just like amazing world records and careers in you. Fun in games, fun with words. I want to listen to some of these. Like, should I listen to the careers in you tape and see what my recommended career is? I feel like this would be kind of fun to listen to in the background. First of all, to those of you who are very young, let's explain what a tape cassette is. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, even here's the thing. Even if you know what a tape cassette is, the 2XL robot is not an ordinary cassette player. 
at all. So first of all, a tape cassette is a form of analog media. They're cute. They're small. Taylor Swift released one of her albums on one. So even our youngsters probably know about that. They're actually coming back again. They're kind of fun. I mean, it's like VHS tapes, which you and I still own many of and, and enjoy in terms of like the types of artifacting that can happen on this analog media format. Like it's it's nostalgic. Right. Because it's on it's on a strip like it's not yep. a film strip. So it's again, it's it's analog yeah. audio that is printed onto this strip of, I don't know, plasticky crap i don't know it was it's very easy to break a cassette i think it's hilarious that i like we need to explain this but we do I mean, we because do. I, you i've seen like 20 year olds post things on instagram reels not that i'm yes, looking for these they just pop up into my freaking feed well yeah they pop up in your recommended things because 20 year olds today love y2k era stuff and technically cassettes are older than that but you and i are old enough that we grew up with cassette tapes they actually are very obsessed with the 80s in the same way we are i think the yeah. 80s just like have surpassed all time but anyway so the i saw one where this girl picked up a boombox or something or some sort of like I don't know what the hell it was right where usually a boombox was a cassette player for a time period actually I think it was like a clock and on the inside it said insert tape here and she's like why would I put my tape in here and she was like it doesn't even fit she's putting in like scotch tape <laughs> and then she finally got it she's like oh they're called tape cassettes oh my like, god I'm so old <laughs> they're called tape cassettes I'm like I I've seen and crumbling into death <laughs> right now. Okay, it's hilarious though because kids know vinyl because that never went away, or at least not for very long. It was only like a couple years before people were like, "Nah, we want to start making vinyl record players right. again." <laughs> but I, I know this is like a real thing because when I worked at the photography studio like ten years ago, yep. the business owner's daughter looked at some VHS. I'm like, "Do you know what that is?" And she goes, "No." And it was like, "Dear Lord!" I mean, like, it's really that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is. I mean, VHS tapes and cassette tapes, much like eight tracks, which are before our time, are a form of media that is is okay, like we at least vinyl. Knew it what that get, was. Yeah, I mean, I did. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, like, part of that is because I grew up with parents who were in rock bands together, and they cared a lot about different ways that you can listen to music. My parents had tons of different albums all over every possible. Yeah, I was format. gonna say, I'm pretty sure we had a whole bunch of them in the dance studio, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, you you grew up also surrounded by music and dance. So you know, what's crazy is to think that in the dance studio before we had like CDs and even tape cassettes. Oh, God. Mom was like using, I remember her using vinyl like when I was super young. Wow. Like, and my dad was doing all the sound recording for the show. So it's kind of badass now to think about my dad like recording vinyl and mixing it together. Mixing stuff on vinyl. Yeah. And having to cue up all these songs. Right. Like, I just was like, like, is my dad a DJ? Your dad (laughs) is a DJ. Literally, he is a DJ. And you know, the other thing about, about cassettes is, much like the other uh, VHS tapes and these other analog forms of media that we're describing, you could not just skip to whatever part you wanted to get to. That is something that is like a feature of the future where you can just go and click things. But it, it is also a feature of the 2XL robot. And that's very important because the only way that you could have a choose your own adventure audio anything is by having something like this robot that would skip ahead and or rewind or whatever to specific parts of the tape and cue them up for you almost as instantaneously as a CD could do. I mean, at this point, it's like it's easy to imagine doing that on a CD or an MP3 format, 
But like, that's part of why I think the 2XL is so cool is that it was automatically fast forwarding to certain parts of the tape yeah. quickly enough that you kind of felt like it was a little magical. Like that's sort of the what's being recreated at 2XLBot.com is that it's taking yeah. these MP3 versions of these tapes and then trying to recreate the experience of what it's like to fast forward through a choose your own adventure audio blog. It actually worked pretty well. It was a little clunky, yeah. but I felt like it still managed to do what it, it did wanted pretty to do. Well, yeah. And it's cute that it's free. And, uh, you know, this this particular adventure we're listening to is from 1994. But like the 2XL, according to this website, was made in 1978. Like this was like before we were bored, like a cool object that would like play these kinds of tapes. Yeah. Well, okay. So there were two versions. Uh, There was the two XL original version by mega corporation. Mm -hmm. And that, that was in, let me see. I think that was 1978 uh, to 1981. Yeah. And that thing looked like a villain from doctor who, like I, to, it's it's bronze or gold. I love shit like this. Like looking at these old ass cool robots, like Rob the robot and all that shit. Why are kids these days buying little creepy robots? And I don't mean Megan. I mean like weird looking robots. <laughs> yeah, I want Megan. I don't, I I really love the seventies and eighties aesthetic of what they thought the future would look like and and the 60s like that whole concept every past version of the future is always cool it just is because it's always wrong i don't know it's pretty cool anyway so the mega corporation created the first one and then it got revived in 1992 to 95 by maddie's favorite company of all time tiger electronics and if you don't know why ryan's saying that it's because you haven't checked out the mutant ages youtube channel where we played some of the tiger electronics games these games are so stupid like (laughs) i can not believe we made a YouTube video of this. Ryan Maddie loves was so these. mad. I love these Tiger They're games. They're so bad. Dude. There's so many of them, and they made them based on so many different things, whether it be a Disney movie or like an actual Nintendo game. Calling them games is too high a compliment to pay to what what these were. I, I mean, I feel like I could go down a wormhole of Tiger Electronics. People, but... we can't go down that wormhole. I'm just going to recommend the YouTube channel, and then we can just get back to talking about this robot. And right. what it could do, because otherwise we'll be here all day. I'm going to actually I'm not going to read the whole Wikipedia page, but there is a line here that I think does some interesting explanation of what this toy was. Mm-hmm. So the 2XL exhibited rudimentary intelligence, memory, gameplay and responsiveness dubbed the toy with a personality. 2XL could respond verbally to the user, depending upon which input or answer buttons were chosen. Yep. 2XL during its run was one of the most popular toys in terms of market revenue and was dubbed the talking robot with a mind of its own. Terrifying. Uh, Amazing stuff. <laughs> it's funny because it's so rudimentary. Like it does that in 2XLbot.com too. Like it will respond to you, but it's like, oh yeah. Imagine in the 80s how mind-blowing that must have been. Right. So, okay. So what is crazy is that this toy was invented and manufactured by Michael J. Freeman, who's also the voice of the original 2XL robot. Wow. Right? The 2XL voice is insane. It's crazy. We have the Tiger Electronics version, which was a little bit different. Oh, we know it says, I'm just kidding. Freeman again record the 2XL voice for the cassette tapes wow. in a professional sound studio. I was going to say, because it has such an unusual way of speaking and a weird accent that's very distinctive. Right. It's worth listening to. I might just include a little sound clip here because I can't imitate it. This is your good buddy, 2XL, and you've just started an exciting adventure without even realizing it. 
This is an adventure I call Deadly Games, and you get to control everything that happens by answering my questions. My good pal, the narrator, will tell you the story. Then I'll ask you questions and tell you what your options are. Like the way that it pronounces ordinary words, it'll just like pronounce them wrong. Like talk about cassettes. Like that's something that 2XL would say. You know? I feel like some DJ out there can take like clips of this. Your dad should do this in his DJ career. Oh my God, yeah, right? I mean like when when he finally retires, he can start his long-awaited DJ career. Yep. Oh my God. He probably would love that. Are you kidding me? He loves music more than any person It would be hilarious if he started including needle drops of like the 2XL saying random shit and just being like, (laughs) I don't even know. Like you decide. I'm going to record this myself. I don't need to wait for your dad to do it. I'm I'm going to record this song myself. I'm a DJ now. Um, what's the name of that YouTube phenomenon where people were like Symphony of Science? I feel like it would be something like that. Oh yeah, Do you where they were like that? they were auto tuning like Carl Sagan's voice God, and things like remember that. Remember the okay the early remember to mid two thousands that was like auto tuning everything. I yeah, don't know why that. I feel was like a the thing. equivalent of that now is that people just create AI replicated voices of celebrities, which is way less fun than auto tuning people from audiobooks. Oh, yeah, I don't know why it's less fun. I've just decided it is. This is a great opportunity for for me to come back around and mention the slap chop video. Another auto. <laughs> tuned classic <laughs> on youtube award-winning six gold stars out yep. of five anyway so th- that is what the 2xl robot is and basically it is a choose your own adventure and it as is. maddie said you push the button and it takes you this is where it's really interesting because it was like fast forwarding to those spots so like there must have been a program inside this 2xl that was like yep. it's gonna fast forward but how how because like <laughs> I mean, it would program the tape to go to a certain spot, you know, like it would program like a lever to be like, okay, turn this lever three times or turn it four times. You know what I mean? And it would like, that's crazy. It would basically just decide how far across the tape it was going to go. I mean, it is, it is so much programming to have to do that. It really is. And there's, there's four buttons on this thing. So like each one probably, yeah, but there's only four. Yeah. So there's only so many options. So they must have had like different like um, links that each one of those would push. Like, so they were basically glorified fast forward buttons, right? That just would do a certain length of time. Right. But like one of them would be one second and one would be another, but also there'd be like different sections of the tape where different parts of the story would be located. Which is, you know what I mean? Okay, like, you know, I, I have to talk about this because Maddie and I chose two different routes and got two different endings, kind of. Completely different. And like, Maddie routes. went back. Like both of us. And I, I came into the Slack and I was like, this, it's so obvious what's going to happen whenever you choose. And Ryan was like, it's actually really not. Like, you <laughs> might, like, I, I was like, wow, I guess it's just going to force me to choose the same things every time. But it really doesn't. Like, there's a couple things where, like, at the outside, I had Kenny not talk to the stranger and I still got kidnapped anyway. And that was why I was like a little annoyed because I was like, what? I'm just going to get kidnapped no matter what I do. Okay, so there's also, some choices that it forces on you. But then there are other choices that it doesn't force Yeah, well, there's on that. You. And then all, okay, well, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Were you going to talk about how Kenny is either a boy or a girl, depending on yes, but question that's, that's- mark? I didn't, I didn't want to jump into that, but I guess we can know. We're like, I well, think- I mean, we're still at the outset of the story, and that feels to me like part of the outset of the story. Which is, uh, well, my theory is that that 
side A was Kenny and side B was Stephanie. That's my theory. I don't know because there is a point partway through the beginning where 2XL is like, what's the name of the kid, Kenny or Stephanie? And I was like, why are you asking me that suddenly? It's been Kenny all along. Oh, okay. And and That's so crazy that there's like two different versions. I think that just at a certain point in the story, I mean, I don't know why this would be the case, but it seems like at some point in the story, if you want, you can just be like, you know what? I want the character to be a, a girl, which... Talk about some how gay the X-Men have always been. <laughs> I'm like, it's pretty funny that Kenny slash Stephanie, in addition to their mutant power, they also can be either Kenny or Stephanie, depending yeah. on what they want to be. I don't know. <laughs> that isn't the mutant power, by the way. That's just a, a quality of the teen at the center of this story. It's who is not who is not a Marvel Comics canon character. I tried to Google both names and I couldn't find any. No, record they of just them. they came up with somebody for this. But okay, so yeah. what's interesting is that there's two different. Well, I actually think there's three different endings, and Maddie got like. I think the, there are four the bad ending. You're probably yeah, I got right. the bad ending the first. But so time. hilariously, like this is well, none of the endings are that bad. I guess I should clarify. Like the X Men win in every ending, right? Well, okay, but I want to point out that this is a great example of how Maddie and I play games differently. Where like I did, I played through this, and then at the end, I was like, "This is the ending I got." And Two XL Robot at the end was like, "If you want to know why these things actually happen to get the good ending, you have to go back and start it over." And I was like. I'm not doing that. We're Maddie. <laughs> I started scrubbing around trying to break yeah. the game immediately. <laughs> and was like, I want to get the good ending. And I'm like, well, also, I just wanted to know more. I, it's my <laughs> journalist brain where I was like, all right, yeah. let me scrub around in this tape and see what happens. And then I like got to Mr. Sinister, who was not originally in my game. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this shit. Mr. Sinister's <laughs> in this. I want to see what happens. Mr. Sinister was, in fact, in my game, which made me happy. I know. Ryan got him naturally. However, I, I got... Madeline Pryor and the Dark Phoenix naturally, which does seem like fate. I got like the Mojo verse, which is like hilarious because I feel that like also both seems... of us got what we should have gotten, which is what's kind of crazy about this. Day. And I'm so glad you stuck. Okay, so there's a point in this that we're going to talk about where you have the choice to go with Logan and Jean or Storm, Beast, and Gambit. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I want to go with Storm. And I was like, I really hope Maddie goes with Jean. So it's interesting because I went with Storm for almost the whole time. And then there was a point at which I was like, I mean, let me just check in on Jean and, and Logan and see what they're up to. And then I stayed with them for the rest of the story. I, I mean, I, I guess I could have just stayed with Storm the entire time, but I, I felt like I'd already been with her for the first half of the story. So I was like, I'm going to go check out Jean for a bit. So it was just kind of luck that I ended up getting a totally different outcome from you because I happen to swap over right when the story changes right. dramatically, which is like at the secret base where the kid yeah, gets kidnapped. Pretty much. Hilariously, this makes me think of Sonic Adventure because I have to <laughs> shoot in Sonic. I know. What? Okay. And well, have you not? Why you does it make it? you think of Sonic Adventure, Ryan? Because you, you play... I mean, it's obviously an adventure mode game, but there's like six characters and you have to play through all six of their stories that cross over with each other, but then you go over and see what that character was doing while Sonic was over there doing some other thing. And that's kind of what this is like, except there's this added situation where like you can kind of alter how the scene plays out a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, 
Yeah, um, like you can kind of make low stakes decisions that don't change everything. And then you can kind of have high stakes decisions where it's like, I'm going to go over and hang out with Gene, who's in a completely different place. Yeah. And you can kind of tell sometimes when you're making sort of like a lower stakes versus a higher stakes story decision, but it's not always visible to you. And I like that. I think that makes the adventure fun because you can't always tell which choices are dramatically impacting the story versus not. And we probably wouldn't know if we hadn't both played it at the same time and kind of gotten different endings and then been like, wait, what? As we were DMing each other. Well, it's it's pretty interesting. So I think for the most part, we're kind of linear on what's happening, but we pick different things that happen. But there's that moment where like you have one story versus the other and we did go in separate ways. That's right. And then Neither of us picked the ending. I, I okay. We'll have to go. I guess we should just start. We should just start. I don't even we should just start, and, where... and we'll see how far we get, and we can kind of talk about our decisions. So I guess this might be a little confusing to listen to, but I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll do our best to kind of keep the listeners updated on the different ways the story can go, since I don't assume that every single person is going to like bother to play a choose your own adventure old ass game. Like we can we can do our best to tell you what happens. You know? Yeah. So okay. So. This opens up with Kenny from South Park on the playground. <laughs> it's not actually Kenny from South Park, but his name is, is Kenny. So you you be the judge. There's there's a huge monologue about how he's gay. Yeah. I don't know if you picked up on that. I know it's supposed to be a mutant, but it really just sounded like he was gay. And I was yeah, like... He, it's like Kenny's seen other people who are different on the news, and he doesn't want to be like them. But other kids think he's... Yeah, it was kind of like that. He wants to meet other other queer people. And who does he run into but the the gayest villain, one of the gayest villains ever, not Mr. Sinister, but certainly Arcade is is a gay character in Marvel Comics. Um and he he shows up in the darkness of this playground. It's actually not dark yet. It gets dark later. It's it's the daylight of a playground. It's daylight, but he shows up in a creepy murder creepy van. Creepy as hell, yeah. It's like actually unnerving how this scene goes down because yeah, it's this, like this. this is, I mean, it's called Deadly Games, but like this tape's a little bit scary. It's a little spooky. This is like a little like black phone where it's yeah. like this dude's rolling up in a van Yep. is probably a pedophile. And Strangers with like, candy. Yeah, it's it's got that vibe. And it's also Arcade who's jumping out wearing a huge fucking bow tie. And it's yep. like... He I looks like the Joker. I mean, he's kind of like a version of the Riddler or the Joker vibes, but in Marvel Comics form because he likes playing games and all that. So he... but I mean, he's an assassin, but whatever. He's, he's basically just a fucking Batman villain who's in Marvel Comics for some reason. I find it kind of interesting because it's like, it's just... Okay, well, not interesting, but I kind of find it creepy that he shows up. And then the 2XL bot... Oh, well, first he's like, get into my van. He's like, come on, I've got candy in the van. Well, also he's like, Kenny, I know you're gay. And I want you to oh, yeah, that meet whole piece. other gay kids who are I like forgot you. It. That's the part that made me feel like this is really gross. And it, like, is, it is. I mean, it's really bringing out all the stops right in moment one. It's very much like, hey, queer metaphor. Here it is, baby. Like it is uh, it's all over this one. Not in a bad way, but it is definitely scary at the outset. Yeah. And then 2XL interrupts. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how it goes. It's that there's some scene happening and the robot's going to be like, hey, I want some more beer because he's Bender. <laughs> Okay, that would be amazing if Bender was hosting this. Do you like this. how I cannot do, nobody can do Bender's voice, I, you I know? mean, you did pretty well, I thought, Um, but no one sounds like Bender other than Bender. 2XL talks in his weird, weird voice, and he's like, 
make a decision about what Kenny's going to do. All right. Is he going to get in the van with this murder file or not? <laughs> and I, I try. I chose no. Same. I also chose no. And I think what the difference was going to be is that you just get into the van. You're like, yes. sure. Yeah. Or or this other situation where an unnamed woman with a Miss gun Locke steps. is who it turns out to be. But yeah, she's unnamed for the moment. Oh, well, she doesn't get named in my version, but I figured it was her oh, because who else could it be? she is Miss Locke, by the way. She gets named well, later I mean, on. Like, who else works with Arcade? Like, apparently Madeline Pryor? Like- <laughs> Actually, she doesn't. Madeline Pryor is purely in a nightmare realm that Jean Grey enters later, but um, <laughs> Miss Locke is one of Arcade's uh, sort of lackeys in the comics, and she's into guns. She's not a mutant or anything. She's just a lady who's into guns. That's her power. Well, no, she's, I'm pretty sure that uh, we talked about this in the arcade spotlight where she's dead, I think. And she's just been a a repeated robot like over and over. She is killed by arcade. Yeah, no, that guy is psychotic. Although he's a great character to have for like a video game. Yes. There is the Spider-Man X-Men video game where he's the villain. This is, that is also why it's kind of fun since this is a very game-like experience. It's fun that it's arcade. You know, yeah, like running right. the show because it kind of adds to it. X-Men Evolution did a very charitable version of this character where he was just kind of like like a nerd, a computer <laughs> nerd, which was fine. Yeah. Anyway, so Kenny, for both of us, was like, I'm not getting into your creepy murder van. And that's when <laughs> she shows up with the gun the and gun. is like, get the fuck in the van. And then 2XL tells us we did a good <laughs> job by not letting Kenny go with the stranger. OK, but also 2XL bot reminds us to not talk to strangers, yes! which was just like so 90s. I was like, it's so cute. I, I was like, OK, cool. But meanwhile, Xavier yep. is like sensing this whole thing on Cerebro. That's and, right. But before, before we could even get into that, 2XL bot's like, wait a second. Did Kenny meet Arcade on the playground or the dark alley? I wonder what would happen if you chose dark alley. Me too. Like, does it suddenly take place in a dark alley instead? Because I was like, why is it quizzing me on what I just heard? Like, <laughs> Why what? does this game give us the power of the Scarlet Witch? I don't like- know. I, I don't. <laughs> No, it's like it's not trivia on reading comprehension. It's like, do you want to retroactively change the story you just heard? Because you have that power, which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. I wish I had chosen incorrectly. In my notes, I wrote, I know I chose correctly, but I have no idea what would happen if I hadn't. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I now kind of wish I had. I feel like you're going to have to go back and play around with it, but we have to do another one of these first. We do. Um, Anyway, we do. So there are a lot of lines that are delivered in this, and I didn't write any of them down because I was just trying to keep up. Yep. But I will point out that Wolverine and Storm's voice actors from Are the, the TV show return, yeah. although Gene is not. No, and Gambit isn't and Beast isn't. It's It advertises on the tape box that Storm and Logan are the same. Like, it says it in <laughs> huge text. It's like Wolverine and Storm's voices and, like, smaller text. Everyone else's voices is totally different. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's kind of like going into X-Men 97, right? Yeah, Cal Dodd is back. He's he's Logan. You can, like, super tell it's him. Rogue is not in this, right? Like, I don't remember. She's not, and Cyclops isn't in this either. Yes, he is for me. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my I don't god! Even I like how I kept. I just like confidently say things, or you do, and then the other one is like, "Yes, it is." And then we're just like living in a crazy world where nothing is real anymore, and we had different experiences. I, I'll have to explain that it's like, it, well, it's not even what you think it is. But also, there was a point where the Blackbird showed up, and I pushed a button. Where it was like Cyclops, Gambit, Wolverine, and Jean are on the scene, and I pushed a button, and they were like. 
Beast and Gambit and Gene and Wolverine on the same. Like, what happened to Cyclops? Where did he go? <laughs> like, oh, weird. Like, right? That didn't happen to me. I had Jean Grey, Wolverine, Gambit, and Beast from the jump. Yeah, and then and that's what it was and Storm. after that. And Storm's the leader of the team, which I was like, that's correct. So the Blackbird <laughs> arrives to the playground and is Wolverine, Storm, Jean Grey, Gambit, and Beast, right? That's and right. And then... Hilariously, it says Jean uses her powers to fly them all to the ground and they are wearing their street clothes to blend in. That is the line. I was like, they just flew to the fucking ground. I, I was know, laughing. It's so funny. And then like two seconds later, Xavier's like, Jean and team, can you sense anything? And Jean's like, no, I can't sense anything. My powers don't work. And Storm's in the <laughs> sky going, I can't see anything from up here, but don't worry. I'm wearing my civvies. Yep. Nobody, can- Nobody can see me. Like, I'm wearing my jeans, so don't worry about it. But I am flying around this playground just after sundown, just flying. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. And then Logan is walking around sniffing, sniffing shit. And this this is crazy. Number one, that Logan can identify this. And also that Arcade went to this great length to disguise his scent because Logan's yep. like, I can recognize the scent. Well, sorry, we're back to normal Logan. This is no longer uh, anime. Yeah, Wolverine. now we can finally talk like Hal Do the real There's one scent here that's vaguely familiar. Someone who's wearing a lot of cologne so he wouldn't be recognized. And then Gambit in goofy Gambit voice is like, who was it, Modami? <laughs> that's how I gambit sounds on this i tape. just wrote down gambit's voice and a thousand exclamation points because i was like what is happening it sounds like goofy like gourish levels but like in a cajun <laughs> accent like i don't know bless this actor whoever he is he's doing what he can before anybody answers gambit sentinels just show up yeah because why not <laughs> like this whole scene with the sentinels like later it's explained that arcade like somehow program the sentinels like they have like okay, a throwaway well, did, line about I that didn't, okay. i didn't get that so <laughs> and i was like how did he do that and they just kind of move on i like how we're gonna piece together the plot of this because we're talking to each other right now because you won't get it unless you have the two excel tape and you do it like each six ways until you finally get the plot which is hilarious i mean i think that's what they assume you'll do as a kid is try it over and over and over until you get every ending well yeah because they want you to buy this tape and like be like okay so it's twenty dollars or whatever for this tape and you're not gonna listen to one time be like well the story's over you know what i mean like yeah you're gonna try to get every possible permutation if you can isn't it actually kind of cool though to think about that because if i was a kid and i had done that and i finally had gotten all the stories i would still be playing with it trying to get a different story i know and it's so magical like you would keep thinking maybe and i wonder if that's why the cyclops thing is like buried in there like he's not really there but it like kind of gives you the illusion that he could be i mean he's literally an illusion we'll get to that later though oh my god great (laughs) so so we are asked by 2xl bot if we want the X-Men are the Sentinels to attack first, which I don't think it matters because I chose the X-Men and then like, then they're like, well, who does it? Beast, Storm or somebody else? And I was like, what? So I chose Beast. <laughs> I chose Storm. Of course you did. So like, wait, did I? <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, I did. So the Sentinels start attacking mm-hmm. and I was like, wait, you just asked me if who was going to attack first. So I don't know why the Sentinels are going first, but anyway, oh, it's hilarious. Well, for what it's worth, if you choose Storm, she attacks first and kills two of the Sentinels right off the top. So maybe Beast is just too slow. Okay, well, I'll tell you what Beast does in a second, but does Storm just use her lightning or something? She uses her lightning, and then she gets grabbed by one of the Sentinels, and then they fire lasers at her, and then there's another 2XL asking me what to do next. 
Okay, so like my thing, what happened here was that the Sentinels were attacking. I chose Beast, and Beast like pilots the Blackbird around the Sentinels uh, like crazily until they run into each other and explode. Okay, that's amazing. (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Then like one of them, I think, gets Storm. Yeah, one of them grabs Storm, which I guess happens no matter what. Right, it's just because it's like, do you want to free storm and i was like yeah or whatever and then storm created like a cyclone and knocked the robot off balance and beast is still in the background that happens in my version too like it says beast pilots the blackbird right at the robot's head it tries to dodge and falls you've got the part where like beast like kamikaze flies the blackbird into the sentinel so i guess the fight scene basically plays out the same way no matter what it's just a matter of which character you're focused on so the next thing it asks is if Storm should help Gambit or Wolverine. That's right. I, and I got to choose. So I actually tried to choose Gambit, but it just chose Logan for me for some reason. Oh, I chose Gambit cause... because I was like, Logan has a healing factor. I don't need to help him. But then instead it just went with Logan. Sometimes the robot was a little bit wrong and I just had to go with it. That happened to me too, because I was also oh. treating Gambit for the same reason. And I think it just didn't align right on the file Yeah, because it just didn't make but sense. Yeah, So we ended up with Logan and then Gene helps Gambit and uh, Storm creates a fucking wind to raise the Sentinel off the ground. There's a really long monologue about how Gene can't read a robot's yeah! brain which I thought was yeah, hilarious. Yeah, like Storm is like sitting there thinking to herself like, wow, it's too bad that Jean can't use her telepathy on these robots. And I'm like, Storm, why are you even thinking about this right now? Like she has telekinesis. <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh man. Oh my God. So Gambit's throwing a playing card at the Sentinel. So they defeated the Sentinels and then they go back to their ship. Yeah, I think that's what's happening because Cerebro senses another mutant detection, which is the kid north of where they are. Mm-hmm. And then the Blackbird just like takes off over the mountains by Bayville. <laughs> I don't know. Suddenly they're flying through the mountains of yeah, New they York. They really are. And then Jean says the scanner, I don't know, she's having like a sage moment. She's using the Blackbird to scan, I think. I wondered about this too. Okay, she's doing more in this 2XL tape than she did on that entire TV show. Absolutely. Anyway, so she's like, there's two ways into this facility, through the lake or through a tunnel. And then that's what the 2XL bot's like, by the way, is this Kenny or Stephanie? That's right. I was like, ah. Uh. And it's like, <laughs> so- okay. I tried to stick with Kenny, but I ended up with Stephanie for about half of the story. So it's, <laughs> I never it's got just Steph- Stephanie now for me. <laughs> I did not. Not intentionally. Kenny is now Stephanie. I don't know what you chose here, but 2XL bot asks if we wanted to check on Kenny or find out what Arcade was doing. And mm-hmm. I chose to go see what Arcade was doing. So I basically, due to the mix up with Stephanie, I ended up doing that because it just something got fucked up. And that's where I ended up. I didn't choose to, though. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Things okay. occurred, and I ended up with Arcade. Okay, well, okay, and it's just hilarious because all it is is Arcade sitting in front of a bunch of monitors, and he goes, "By the way, my name is Arcade." Okay, hold on. I know his it's voice is. I, I feel like I need to do his voice. I'm going to back up from the microphone to spare everybody. But he's like, he's like, "Hello, everybody. It's me, Arcade." <laughs> yep. Now I'm going to watch the X Men die, which I'm so excited about. It's like really, really over the top voice acting, but I loved it. I thought, it, I mean, that is how I picture Arcade sounding. You know what's hilarious is that I backed away from the microphone on that, and I'm just so sorry now in advance. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just dial the volume down a little bit. It's all good. Uh, the next thing that happens is you have to decide if the X Men are going to split up or not. Do they just split up no matter what? Because I chose to have them split up. 
But um, yeah, so that's gonna happen in a few minutes, but we're not there yet. But like, oh. yes, that has to happen because I think that's when the stories start to change drastically. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're right. There's two different times that they split up. So there's the first time right now where they ask to split up or stay together, and I said stay together. I said split up. So what happened? So I stayed with Storm for this first chunk of time that they split up. That then I went with Jean later on. Did anything happen? <laughs> no. <laughs> Genuinely, no. That's like, hilarious I stayed because, with like, Storm, and we literally went to a cave where there was a bear, and Storm gave everybody a lecture about how we shouldn't disturb okay, animals. Wait, 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 hold on. So, yeah, that's coming up. I forgot about that. But first, I chose Storm to, I said stay together, and Storm was like, we should stay together because we don't know what we're up against. And that's right where we go inside the tunnel with the bear. The cave, yeah. And then they mentioned the moon. I wrote that down. Yep, they were like, yep. the moon lights up. Uh, Logan takes a step and he goes, could be trouble in there. And Gambit screams. This is funny because Logan isn't there for my version of this because we had split up. Oh, so he. OK, wait, wait, wait. I'll tell you what happens in mine. That's OK. So it sounds okay. like we both go to the tunnel with the bear and like yes, I go in. But Logan and Gene are there in your version. Where yeah, and Logan's mine. sniffing around going, could be trouble. <laughs> and Gambit <laughs> screams into the cave. Is anyone in there? <laughs> that happens in mine, too. That's really funny. <laughs> So it turns out there's a bear and Gambit yep. gets ready to kill it. And Logan's like, Logan gives this whole speech before Storm does. Oh, in my version, Storm just does it. Actually, I don't know if Storm does because I don't see any notes about that. I do remember Logan. Makes more sense for Logan than Storm. Well, I would honestly, say. either of them would yeah, be pretty. Yeah, but I, I get how Logan would be like, nature, bears are me and I am the that bear. That is literally what he says. <laughs> it's He's just like. He's like, we don't want to be messing with her unless she like comes at us. Just let her be alone. And like Gambit's like, why? And Logan's <laughs> like, because I understand her. So the bear gets ready Aww, to attack. Logan. And what happens? What happens for me is that Jean captures it with her force shield and takes it off somewhere to question mark. Okay, that's what happens with me. But Jean isn't there, so Storm does it. That's she hilarious. lifts the bear into a fucking cyclone and is like, don't worry, bear, you'll be safe. And I'm like, the bear is freaking the fuck out, Storm. It's like swirling around in the air. Like, Jesus. Anyway. Oh, my God. All right. Well, so then we get to the metal lock door. I'm sure Gambit, Gambit opens it because he's a thief. He said, yeah, I love that he announces that, too. He's like, I'll just unlock this door with my thief powers. And we're like, all right, cool. And we're like, OK, the rogue in the D&D party is using his lock picking abilities. I mean, that is kind of what this is. It is. You know what? Really that is, is a great example of what this whole experience is like, is that it's very Dungeons and Dragons where we're like making decisions on what to do with the story. But it's like the dungeon master has a certain set of ideas that they really hope we get to. The dungeon master <laughs> is also arcade, which is hilarious. I know, I know. But like, think about it. Like Logan is the barbarian. Storm yep. is whatever a warlock or whatever. You know, oh, not a warlock, yeah, I but so. like a I mean, sorcerer I, I kind of was thinking of Jean as like the sorcerer figure. Jean is very much like the bard. Oh, okay. Then yeah. Gambit, of course, is the rogue. And Beast yep. is... I don't know what the hell Beast is. The um, What's the name of the like animal transformation guy in Baldur's Gate? He's oh, that. I forget. I don't remember. Anyway, this is our <laughs> lives now. Uh, so anyway, so... They so they get are so in there. my version they get inside a metal say, corridor. Say, this is when everything changes because Gene first goes, "I can't sense people nearby," which is uh, just great. <laughs> Classic Thanks, Jean. Gene moment. <laughs> just, in my <laughs> version, Gene calls them on the phone to be like, "Hey, what's going on?" Because she's not with us, which is honestly really funny. Because I'm like, Gene and Logan, what are you guys doing? Like, we split up, and she's like, "Yeah, there's really nothing going on over here either." And it's like, what? So the team walks into the quarter. 
and it's totally quiet. It's basically like Weapon X, except it's not. And this mm-hmm. is the thing that changes. I don't know. Wait, maybe this doesn't happen. Yeah, this is where I swap to Gene. Is this This is moment. hilarious. Because so what is your option? Because it sounds like I had a totally different scenario happen here. So like what? What? Okay, so Jean calls Beast on the phone and she's like, how's it going? Nothing's happening for us over here. And Beast is like, we made it inside and we've been met with shocking indifference, which is a hilarious Beast line, by the way. <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Like- it's like everyone is indifferent to Beast, apparently, and he's upset. Um, so then uh, the 2XL asks if I want to join Jean and Logan, and I just went ahead and did that. Okay, so do you want to know what happens in mine with yeah, all of us course. together? Yeah. Because it is bonkers. So... I'm standing there and there's a huge flash of light. Like there's an explosion of light mm-hmm. and like nobody can see anything. Their ears are raining. And when Logan can finally see again, he re- he sees that everyone has just magically vanished except for him and Gene. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And that's when I get the choice to either stay with Logan and Gene or go see what the fuck happened to everybody else. And you were <laughs> and like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to stay with Logan and Gene. No, I didn't. I was like, I want to know where the hell Storm went. Yeah. And that's how I did that. That's hilarious. So basically you get separated no matter what. And in this scenario, I ended up with Logan and Gene. Right. Okay. So like at this point, like we're just going to have to tell each other, like uh, so many things happen until we get to the control room. I know. And you have- do you want to just like, tell me the story of what happened to storm and beast? No, I really need to know here. I need to hear your story first with Madeline Pryor. Cause you were <laughs> oh te- messaging God, me that okay. I was like, Madeline Pryor's there. You're like, and Rachel Summers. And I was like, what is happening? Rachel Summers is the grand finale spoilers. Um, oh so God. Logan and Jean do get unexpectedly teleported in my version. I don't know why. I don't even know where they were to begin with because I only just joined the, them. But where did they get teleported to? Did it say? It says they get teleported to a, a small locked room where Jean suddenly has a bunch of cables connected to her head that put her into a dark dream dimension conjured by Arcade. <laughs> so throughout what? all of this, Logan spends 30 minutes clutching Jean and being like, what am I supposed to do? Like in reality, that is what is happening for like the next 30 (laughs) minutes of his life. Whereas Jean has entered like by herself, a dream dimension where she thinks Logan and her are awake and walking around and like (laughs) running into people, but they're not really. Do you get what I'm saying? This is like some Silent Hill shit. Like, it is what's some going Silent on? Hill shit. So Gene has entered Silent Hill and Logan is outside of it being like, Gene, 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 are you okay? He keeps saying that. It's very cute. <laughs> and the only reason that we, the, the listener, know any of this is because we get a voiceover from Arcade and Miss Locke where they're explaining it. And Arcade is like, if Logan disconnects her from the machine, I should be talking in a way crazier voice. It could very well destroy her forever yeah this is hilarious because like arcade apparently just stayed in your story where he just like is gone until the end of mine oh yeah that's interesting he's there the whole time in mine i have like a whole separate like i can't even wait to tell you my bonkers bullshit but keep going i'll I'll get through mine so so logan and gene inside gene's mind in her fake mind world she's walking around with logan (laughs) And she's like, something's inhibiting my powers. I can't sense any people nearby. Oh my God. She is <laughs> in a then, dream dimension and she's but still she doesn't can't know. Use her she powers. doesn't know that. Um, because obviously she's in a dream dimension. So of course her powers don't work. Oh my God. I can't. So then cable bamfs in there. <laughs> 
Cable's is it at, voice wait. is hilarious, by the way. It's so okay. low. I and have he, to go back and listen to it. You apparently. need to listen to it because they have to differentiate it from Wolverine. So he like sounds a little more country. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. So then Gene just goes, Cable, what are you doing here? And he just goes, I don't know, which made me laugh so hard because I was like, Cable, I don't know why you're here either. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so Jean tries to scan his mind to find out if he's really Cable or not, but she doesn't have her powers right now. Okay. So Logan sniffs him and he's like, this smells like Cable, but what if he's a clone? like strife and i'm like wait why are these so many deep cuts like they're just referring to strife right out of the gate but i i didn't know how crazy it was gonna get so cable goes what i want to know is why i'm here that's about how he talks and gene is like we want to know the same thing and then logan goes whoever's behind this is a heavy hitter just think of the technology involved sentinels teleportation who do we know that could do all this? This is the line where I was like, oh, the Sentinels were part of this. Is this actually Logan staying these lines to her outside of the no, dream dimension? No, it's Logan inside of Jean's. It's Logan inside of Jean's head who's saying and Logan that. says that's like, be like, Jean, Jean, Jean. That's all that he does in my version of the story. <laughs> so then I copied and pasted this whole paragraph to you, but I'll read it for the sake of the listeners. There's a burst of smoke and the smell of burnt flesh in the air. A tall redheaded burnt woman flesh. appears. She is wearing a skimpy black costume and there are <laughs> dozens of ugly misshapen creatures beside her. She looks just like Jean Grey. That's because she's Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen, a clone of Jean Grey created by Mr. Sinister. It's just like, what is what is going on? Like, imagine if you had only seen X-Men TAS and you were listening to this tape. Like, you would be like, what? <laughs> like, what who the are fuck? These characters? Like, you would have no clue what was going on, but also you would be amazed, I think. So then Jean Grey's voice actress gets to do multiple performances here. Like, right now she's Madeline Pryor and she has, like, a little effect on her voice where she's like, welcome to the Goblin Realm, Jean Grey. Welcome to your <laughs> death and then cable goes mother <laughs> then 2xl asks if madeline Pryor should be distracted by cable saying mother or not or if she should just attack gene and i chose i chose that madeline would be like wanting to talk to cable yeah she looks at cable and she's like mother and cable goes yes you are my mother scott summers is my father i'm nathan christopher I'm like, why are you saying your middle name? <laughs> anyway, Madeline well, I goes, guess they it's have to, a like, lie. distinguish between the other Nate Gray, so. They do, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she goes, Nathan Christopher was sent in the future as a baby so he wouldn't die. You couldn't be him. To come back would mean your own death. Could you imagine being a child, like, listening to this being like, I know. what the fuck? Like, I mean, I guess you'd be like, I guess I need to read some fucking comic books because I don't understand what the hell's <laughs> going on right now. You know what? It's a great introduction to comic books because they're like, yeah, it's this bonkers at all times. Yeah, and it's about to get more bonkers. So then Madeline gestures to all of her goblins to attack everybody, and Jean Grey creates a force wall, which, I don't know, uses her telekinesis, I guess. She's going to have the power to do force blasts in a second, too, which is not something Jean ever is able to do. Um, So then the Goblin Queen attacks her, and Jean loses her concentration instantly and falls to the ground and faints. (laughs) Logan says, Cable, use that gun for something other than looks. Fire at Madeline. She's the one controlling these monsters. Wait, wait. Logan stand there and be like, you're hot, Cable, but I don't have time right now. for You, <laughs> you look hot holding that gun, but nobody yeah, has time like, for that, Cable. <laughs> cable is like, I don't want to fire at my mommy. And then 2XL is like, remember, this is just Gene's dream, but it can still kill her. Can Cable fire at the woman who is his own mother? 
<laughs> so I pressed that Cable should still shoot at his mom. Because <laughs> I figured, why not? And then I think this is hilarious that the 2XL bot just quickly intervenes. It's like, listen, children, guns are bad. Don't use guns in any situation. They are, they can hurt people. But should you kill your mother? Should Cable kill his own mother? Bear in mind, she is the evil clone of Jean Grey. <laughs> it's like, what is going on right now? <laughs> so then we go back to reality where Logan is sitting next to Jean Grey, who's unconscious and convulsing on the ground the entire time. And we get to hear like a monologue from Logan with the X-Men theme song playing in the background. Like the... <laughs> What? And Logan is just thinking to himself, like, Gene might die. Should I cut the cables off of her head? I don't know. <laughs> and then we go back into the dream realm. <laughs> it's like just so bonkers. It's insane. Um, I thought what I experienced so much was more hilarious. To go, Ryan. There's so I much really more to thought go. that what I experienced was like going to be the crazier version, but it kind of sounds like maybe yours was. I mean, I think both versions are going to be pretty fucking crazy, honestly. So, okay, so we go back into the dream realm. Uh, there's a funny <laughs> line where it's like where, the Generation X movie again. It's it kind like, of is. Um, so Wolverine realizes that this may be a case where the direct method may not be the best approach. Which I just thought was really funny. Like, what? he realizes that he shouldn't just keep trying to attack because it's not working. Okay. And 2XL asks if uh, the demons back off or if they keep attacking Cable. And I said it was fine if they attack Cable because he's not real. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's hilarious that 2XL robot is the same. It's like if Cloaky was the DM for Dungeons and Dragons. Like, that is like... <laughs> What this feels like to me. Really, because Cloaky would also be interjecting to be like, remember, don't kill your mother unless (laughs) she's she's an evil evil clone. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use guns, children, unless your mother's an evil clone of your real mother. Then get a gun and blow her brains out. It's like, Jesus Christ, 2XL robot. (laughs) But Cable can't shoot his mom because, like, he's too busy being killed by demons. And then... The demons and goblins get interrupted because they're knocked away by a fiery bird that flies in. And now we get Jean's voice actress yet again doing the Dark Phoenix voice. Okay. And now she goes, the only lives taken today will be taken by me. I have scores to settle with Jean Grey and all the X-Men. When I've killed Jean Grey, I'll return to Earth and take her place as I did before. Is Jean Grey standing there also next to Madeline Pryor and Jean Grey? Is that That's what's correct. happening? Oh That's my God. correct. And there's a moment in a couple minutes where Gene has like a psychological meltdown because there's too many genes in the room. <laughs> It's hilarious. I like the idea that when she died in the X-Men anime, this is like what was actually going on inside her head. Yeah, she was just having a panic attack because she's like, there's too many of me. I don't know what's happening right now. So then um, Dark Phoenix and Madeline Pryor start fighting each other. And um, oh, Cable fires at the Phoenix and it doesn't work. And she laughs at him. I'm not going to recap all this because it doesn't matter. The Goblin Queen now believes Nathan Christopher is her son and she's going to fight to the death against the Phoenix to prevent him from harm. What? Meanwhile, I'm like, this is is a dream world so why does any of this matter like i don't see why i'm supposed to care about this then we get a call to arcade from mr sinister although i don't know it's mr sinister at this stage oh yeah i got that too in the middle i think you probably also get this yeah do you want to talk about this if you can find it or not give me a second to see when somebody calls it's fine i can catch i can do some of mine and then we can go back to you again if that sounds good sure yeah that part does happen for me also. So why don't you recap everything that happened up to the call for you? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So okay. after the flash of light, where like you apparently went into the, 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 dream, the dream dimension. dimension. Yes. I like 
got transported into a place that was covered in broken down airplanes and hot lava. Okay, wait, that's literally the X-Men anime. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, like you were in Takeo's crazy plane world. It really is like that. And Gambit screams, where are we? Which is really funny. <laughs> Fair and question. Then- Everything just freezes and spotlights turned on because this is like the Ryan Pagella version of the story we could have gone with in which like there's like a billion people cheering and watching from like audience stands like a full on sitcom and there's cameras everywhere. And I was of like, of course, of course. And Mojo walks out and he's like, you're on my show now, everybody. It's me, oh my God. Mojo. I think I it's hilarious. That. I honestly that love I- that wound up in like a, a situation with cameras and sitcoms and you wound up in like the Dark Phoenix the Dark, dark Phoenix, dimension. Maddie Pryor and Jean Grey all fighting each other while Logan just cries in the background. This is just so and Cable's there. It's hilarious. It's so good. It's so perfect. Mojo's basically like, you're on my show now. It's, it's his voice was even crazier in this than it was on the TV show. He's like, you're on my show now. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, relax, The voice dude. acting is pretty fun to listen to. I mean, they have to really go above and beyond to make sure you can distinguish each character. Right, for a tape cassette? Yeah. All right, so. Cassette. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Tape cassette. I'm not gonna let it go. <laughs> not gonna let it. It's really funny. <laughs> like, what? What? I found my tape cassettes at Savers. Oh uh, my anyway, god! So Mojo is just screaming, and Gambit eventually goes get to the point, which was very funny. That's amazing. Mojo just starts talking about Orpheus. And I was like, Doctor Orpheus. <laughs> Wait, like, like the Greek myth? Yes, the Greek myth. Because I didn't even. I like. It took me like ten minutes to understand what the like. He really has a monologue just saying Orpheus without okay. explaining anything for a very long time. He's like, <laughs> yeah. So you have to get through all the lava and shit and get out of the underworld. Okay. And you can't look back at your, right, like, right. Just like, just like Orpheus can't look back at Eurydice, or else she'll be returned to the underworld forever. Yeah, but the child's not there, so I don't know why he's even saying that. It's just like... like they can't look back at Kenny? Is that what I know. the Kenny's, point is? They don't even know where Kenny is. And so... <laughs> okay, whatever. He's just basically like, you have to escape, and if you don't, Kenny dies if you lose. Okay. That's nothing like the myth of Orpheus, but continue. Right. <laughs> I, I, I had a note here that I thought was the 2XL asking me a question, but it's just me asking where the hell Arcade is because I was like, what happened? Am I in a different story now? It's like very confused. I mean, at least in my version of events, it was clear that Arcade was the one programming the dreams for Gene. But I also was like, if this is supposed to be Gene's worst nightmares, then why is Arcade programming them? That's never explained. I don't, <laughs> just I don't kind know. Of- is what it is. So they're like, should we go along with Mojo's scheme? And I chose yes, because I felt like it was going to make me do it either way. Yeah. So Storm has a huge speech about how she doesn't like to be manipulated, but she agrees to Mojo's challenge because she doesn't want the child to get hurt. Mm-hmm. So Mojo screams, action! And then like, So this is like a gladiator, like leaping across like Flora's Lava style obstacle course kind of a thing. Yeah, that's that is been designed to look like Hercules, except a bunch of army men run out. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. And so there's just like guns and like, I don't know. It's Why like is a this bunch of- such a violent story? Like so much death is happening. There's so many guns in this story. I don't, I don't know. I feel like this is 
definitely rated PG. That's all I have to say about it. This is not well, a G-rated story by any means. I mean, you had this scantily clad Madeline Pryor show I did. Up. I did. And she was like getting murdered by her own son. I was going to say, <laughs> they described her as the smell of burnt flesh. Like I know. I was fuck? like, that's fucking crazy, <laughs> but okay. Anyway, so they fight them for a while. And then Gambit asks where the kid is. And a giant neon sign falls out of the ceiling and points at like some location and says the kid is over here wait what <laughs> how did they find him like no skip something no i didn't like they're just all fighting a dude and then gambit just screams where's the kid and a neon sign just pops out like a las vegas sign it says over here and it's like so the 2xl bot asks if we should follow it or ignore it and i chose ignore it and it still followed it anyway so i was like okay <laughs> That's really funny. By the way, the tape cassette says ages 7 to 12 on it. I just wanted to know who it was for. (laughs) (laughs) So Storm electrocutes a bunch of the soldiers and Beast runs toward the sign. And he realizes there's a manhole cover on the ground. And then Beast has this like huge monologue about how the whole story of Orpheus and like Greek mythology was underground. (laughs) So therefore they think they have to go underground. So this is like, (laughs) (laughs) what What a beast conclusion to have to the scenario where he's like, all right, we just need to find a trap door. Right. Okay. So then we go down into the sewers and like, what? (laughs) I'm sorry. Keep going. I just keep screaming. What? And they add to XL bot is like, who should meet them at the bottom of the sewers? One. Michelangelo. Two. Leonardo. Yeah, I know. He's just like three, four. No, it's like Launchot or two Magneto. So <gasps> I was like. So of course you picked Magneto. I did. And so Beast, Storm, and Gambit go into this weird sewer. And Magneto walks out. And it's like such a dramatic. <laughs> I'm so excited. I didn't know you had Magneto in your story. Magneto goes, no matter where I go, Xavier's children are always following me. Shall I never have peace? <laughs> okay, like, honestly, that's fair. He's just walking around the sewers trying to have a fucking life, and now the X-Men are there okay, again. Is he? So like <gasps> Beast is like, uh, you're stuck in the Mojoverse with us, and we need to work together to escape this place. Magneto's mm. all like shaking his head. He's like, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I can't imagine. What he's gonna gonna say. Cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have to imagine Magneto saying this? Like, okay. <laughs> okay. Whew. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to escape because Mojo promised me a daily talk show where I can talk <gasps> about my plans to annihilate the human race every day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, I, was I don't crying. know why Magneto would like, say that. <laughs> I don't think Gambit, there's like a beat and then Gambit just goes, whatever, and just throws a card at Magneto. Honestly. It's like so funny. I was like, I was laughing really hard because just literally Gambit going, whatever, and just like ignoring Throwing him. Throwing a fucking explosive at him. Hilarious. Hilarious. I was like, whatever. And so it didn't do anything. And Magneto just starts mocking Gambit and announces that he's the master of magnetism. Mm -hmm. And Gambit and Magneto have this whole like catty bitch fight that I wish I had written down because it's like at least 20 lines of like Gambit and Magneto like making fun of each other's clothing and their powers (laughs) and like... (laughs) 
Okay, and it's like, well, Beast is just standing there with Storm and be like, what is this? Like, what's happening? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and eventually Magneto's like, I can control the iron in your blood and choke you. And Storm finally goes, then why are you talking about it? You're clearly an imposter. And Storm just immediately like electrocutes Magneto and he just explodes because he's a robot. Oh my god, okay, that's hilarious. And it makes a lot more sense as to why he was like, I want a talk show. It's like, why did Magneto say that? But it was like, all the bitchy, catty fighting between Gambit and Magneto was going on for so long until eventually Storm just was like, shut the fuck up and just like kills him. (laughs) I love her so much. That's honestly pitch perfect for her. Just gonna kill you is that... After the robot explodes, Beast goes, nice robot parts. Oh, my God. Really? That's adorable. Beast. Okay, and this is what it, now, this is when it flashes over to Arcade, Mm -hmm. who's been watching all of us on monitors, apparently, even though we're in the Mojoverse. That makes no sense, but sure. It does not. And then he says, it says that he looks over at Wolverine and Gene as well, and it does mention that Gene is, like, connected to a bunch of shit. Okay, so maybe it's just that happens no matter what. Yeah. Because... I guess we have to get separated no matter what. And also, you guys were in the Mojoverse throughout this whole time. <laughs> I don't even know if, like... Like, it doesn't mention that in my story that you guys went there, but... But am I actually in the Mojoverse, or did Arcade build a Mojoverse? I mean, that's a great question. They don't answer it. <laughs> no, they don't, and I don't think that they ever will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. There's so many endings. Who knows? So this is when, like, basically Arcade is talking to his employer... Mm-hmm. Who's got a deep voice like yes, this? Yes, a deep voice that could turn out to be Apocalypse or Mr. Sinister, depending on what you choose for him to be voicing. <laughs> I don't know why we didn't go back and choose Apocalypse just to I know. I don't care enough. I know that do I. <laughs> I thought about it and I even queued it up and then I closed the tab. Yeah. I was like, that's how little I care. And, okay, so what's important though is this employer is like, <laughs> listen, I don't want you to harm anyone, including the X-Men, because right. I need them. And Arcade goes, well, I'm going to kill them anyway. Yeah, he does. And then Arcade laughs for like a thousand hours and he pushes does. a bunch he of buttons. Insanely. He's like, he's for like so ah! long. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? Ring my bell starts playing. <laughs> he also says he wants them to know it's him before they die, which, like, that's going to be the death of him in the end. But yeah. it always is for every supervillain. Uh, anyway, if you want to tell me what's going on in the land of Gene and Logan, I can we can swap back to you. Sure, I guess we will. So as you may recall, Arcade keeps saying over and over that Logan can't disconnect the cables because that could kill Gene, which is, I guess, supposed to insert stakes into the situation. <laughs> but it kind of doesn't. So the Dark Phoenix is still fighting Madeline Pryor and Gene is just lying on the ground, freaking out, even in the dream world. And then who should show up but Rachel Summers, who says, you are not the only one who can draw on the power of the Dark Phoenix. This Jean Grey may or may not be my mother, but she's under my protection. This is hilarious because this is supposed to be like Jean's nightmare thing, but like yeah. she hasn't met any of these people according to the X-Men, the animated She series. doesn't like, know <laughs> these people and also she gets saved by her like extra dimensional daughter even in her own nightmare <laughs> realm. So it honestly seems like this nightmare is going pretty well for her. It's like as though Arcade is designed like a cool story. And he's like having a good time as a dungeon master. I don't know what's happening in this situation because like I just don't understand how it's happening. But then again, I'm in the Mojoverse, so who knows? It doesn't make sense. I mean, this nightmare realm, it's not going to be explained. So like she, Rachel Summers, is also flying around in bird form. I think it's hilarious that there's just like, 
multiple phoenixes flying it's around. It's hilarious. There's t- at least two and Madeline Pryor all fighting each other. <laughs> and Jean. Yep, and Jean who's lying on the ground uselessly. <laughs> so here's the part I was talking about before. As the two phoenixes begin to grapple with each other over the heads of the X-Men, the real Jean Grey begins to feel despair. Seeing all the versions of herself around her, the legacies of all the wrongs done to her is almost more than she can bear. She sinks to the ground, fearing that if the mayhem continues, she may lose control of her own powers, which is like, Jean, get the fuck over it. Like, you're just standing there being like, I'm so overwhelmed right now. There's three of me here and also me. (laughs) Then in the background, Cable literally screams mommy. I'm not joking. He says mommy. And then Madeline says, it's okay, Nathan. I won't let the big bad X-Men hurt my baby. Like at this point, they're just writing joke lines and it's funny. I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, summer's drama Mm -hmm. going on here. So then we go back to reality and Logan decides to use his claws to slice the cables off of Gene's head. And you may recall. Wait, he just goes ahead and does it. He doesn't. The robot doesn't ask you. And you you know what happens? Nothing happens. It's fine. Wait, wait. So the robot doesn't even ask me if it's okay. He just goes ahead and takes them off and she doesn't die. And it's not explained as to why. She just, she just like gets up and she's like, yep. wow, I had a crazy dream. She's actually completely fine. She immediately stands up and they <laughs> walk away. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's that fast. She literally wakes up and then it says she breathes quickly. But after a few minutes, she regains control of herself. And she says, thank you. I'm sure you saved my life. Convinced that they must move on, Wolverine scrapes the ground beneath them and finds a metal door. His claws cut through it, revealing a room below. What is with all these doors underneath you? I don't know. So then I get to pick what the room below us is. Did this happen to you? That's me going into the sewer. No, because this is the ending. Okay. So the next thing that happens is we get to arcade. So do you want to continue your thing up until you get to arcade? Yeah, because then, but then you're going to have to tell me what happens with arcade. Because I will. like, I will. all right, okay. So where the hell am I? <laughs> You're in the sewer with Robot Magneto who just died. I wrote down, like, I know what's happening, but I didn't write down the lead up to it. So basically, for my memory, when we <laughs> return, it's like Beast, Gambit, and Storm still being like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. The 2XL bot says that three other X-Men are just going to walk on in. Uh, <laughs> it's like going to be like one. The first grouping is... Why do you is- keep getting to pick random like I didn't get to pick any of the characters that showed up in my story they just showed up and I had no control over well, it well okay so it's asking me if I want Jubilee Bishop and Cyclops to come into the room of course you pick Jubilee or Wolverine Gene and your favorite Cable he's back he's in like multiple <laughs> okay. places that's really funny okay so of course you pick Jubilee I did and so yeah. they walk in and Cyclops blasts the door like the wall open mm-hmm. and Jubilee and Bishop are with him and Cyclops screams, there are the imposters Mojo told us about to save Xavier's life. We got to kill him. Oh, and no. Beast goes like, wait, what the fuck? And then like, <laughs> before- Cyclops immediately is like, I guess I have to kill them because Xavier told me to. I'm yeah, pretty not much. question this at all. <laughs> Beast is like, wait a second. And before you can say anything, Cyclops blasts Beast into a wall. Of and Gambit throws some cards at Bishop. Bad idea. It is hilarious. But it's, I mean. <laughs> Before we even get to that, they say Gambit throws a card at Bishop, the Black Axe Man. It says that. <laughs> oh my God. It's and I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, holy shit. Well, I mean, fair enough, I guess. And then, the, and then they're like, and now for Jubilee, the Chinese American. They didn't say that at all. They just, <laughs> he was the only one they called out. 
which I thought was really weird. Okay, literally, this is the Generation X movie that it really is. <laughs> Jubilee's white in this version. You know, I like. I can't even tell if it's supposed to be inclusive or not. It was a very weird line yeah, I delivery. I, I mean, it's very 1994 where they're like, well, he's black, so we're just going to say that. <laughs> so, all right. Fair enough, I guess. Okay, also, Storm is in this story. Yeah, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't say <laughs> they didn't that say, about her. They didn't say the black X-Man about Storm. I was thinking about this. I'm like, okay, so we know who these characters are, but imagine if you bought this tape for kids. Right, and you again, and you'd never seen right, any you don't of know who you these only characters saw some X-Men TAS You episodes. can envision them to be whatever race you want them to be. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't, I mean, like, if you've seen the X-Men, you know who they are. Yeah, Do but you think a child remembers Bishop from the X-Men, the animated series at that age? Probably not. He's only in a couple episodes. But that's but what I'm saying. they might remember him if they were like, oh, he's the black guy. <laughs> like, I just, I like, just thought oh, okay. it was weird they called it out. I'm like, I'm like, well, you can literally picture these people to be whatever you want because it's an audio drama. I know. So I just I thought that was really weird because then it suddenly made it that it's like he's the only black man in the room. And I was like, OK, that's just weird. I feel like that was a weird thing to call it because especially the storm is right there. And I was like, well, what she's is- not there in your version, but Jubilee is. So it's not like there's no storm only is white with people. me. Remember? Oh, OK. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Storm is I there. Was like, I don't know. I don't know. So, and Jubilee is here, too. So I just thought it was all a strange thing to say. Anyway, so Bishop gives a speech about how he'll gladly kill Gambit because Gambit ruined his future, which I thought was so funny. Oh, my God. I love Bishop. And Bishop shoots at Gambit and misses, which is like... (laughs) This is how you know this is canon with X-Men, the animated series. I know, Because Bishop is shooting someone point blank and missing. (laughs) Literally, he hits the wall next to Gambit which creates a bunch of raw bill, which Gambit picks up and charges and throws that Bishop. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Storm and Jubilee are fighting. Storm creates a lightning bolt and just like throws it at Jubilee without really like being like, Jubilee, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Storm is like, we don't have time for that. We need to just fucking do this. Right. I, I think Storm like shoots Jubilee with the lightning bolt and she explodes because she's a robot. And Storm's like, yeah, she's a robot. Like all these people are robots, guys. Like, I don't know what. I love Storm. She's <laughs> like, why are we wasting any time on this? Really? None and of so these they... people are real. <laughs> right. And so there's the Gambit decides to just like blow up Cyclops and then Storm blows up Bishop. There's all these explosions that blow apart a hole in the room and they're like, what's on the other side of the hole in the room that you just created? And that's when I got the one control room, two Wolverine and Jean Grey, or three, the young mutant. Mm. And what did you pick? I picked the control room. So oh, wait, no, I. I picked, no, 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 I didn't. JK, I, I picked Wolverine and Jean Grey so we could. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, which I think. Do you want to keep going and room. see what happens? Because what happens if you if you pick that? Do you get to me and and whatever I'm up to? It's gonna be the ending that you went back to to listen to. So oh. like, you, you should probably tell me the bad. All right, ending I'll tell you, you my. <laughs> I'll tell you the shitty ass ending I got. Uh, so I pick the control room, which takes Logan and Jean straight to arcade. Okay, so on the monitors in front of arcade, they can see. The nightmare realm that they escaped from, which makes no sense, by the way, but it's on a monitor. <laughs> and then on other monitors, we can see Storm, Gambit, and Beast, but you guys aren't in the Mojoverse. We can just see you walking around. Right. And then we see uh, Arcade is sitting in a chair. And he's yeah. like, welcome, X-Men. I trust you've been enjoying my amusement park. And then all of a sudden, Storm, Gambit, and Beast just walk into the room also. Like, just coincidentally. 
They just walk in. <laughs> because it's like, well, now everyone's here. Like, for no reason whatsoever, the rest of the characters also show up. So we're all here together. Yes. And Beast goes, who hired you to kill us? Because the narrator explains that Arcade is an assassin. So the X-Men all know that he was hired by somebody. Right. And this line that Arcade says makes absolutely no sense at all. So I'm just going to read it. Arcade <laughs> says, actually, this was just for fun. You stumbled into one of my assignments. There won't be an immediate return on my investment, but the PR I could reap as the man who did what Magneto couldn't do, kill the X-Men. Just think of the jobs I could get. Of course, I'll have to kill you now. So, like, according to this reality, no one hired him, even though I already heard a conversation where someone <laughs> did hire him. And then, and then Gambit goes, well, that's what you think. And Arcade goes, no, no, that's what I know. And then he presses a button and it depicts the teenager that he abducted. Yeah. And it avoids using gender for a bit because it doesn't know the gender. <laughs> so for the next, like, several sections, it's just referred to as the teen or the teenager or the kid. Yeah. And then the 2XL asks me what the X-Men should do if they should attack or not the reason why they shouldn't attack is because the teen is in danger by the way and arcade is like if you attack me i'll kill this child um and i was like all right i'm gonna have the x-men not attack did you ever find <laughs> out like what his powers were like the yeah, kids? yeah 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 yeah. i'll get to that in a second okay so i had the x-men not attack because i was like well i just want to see what happens if i select that so wolverine sneers angry at feeling powerless but not about to endanger the teen's life and arcade is like haha Let's look in on my guest. And then he raises a glass tube up from the ground and the teenager's inside of it. Uh, yeah, I get that too. And I was like, of course there's I a know, tube. I know, it's really funny that there's a tube. And then um, Arcade pulls out a gun for no reason. And Does he use the gun? No, he doesn't get to. Um, and then 2XL asks me the name of the teenager again. And at this point, I switched it from Stephanie back to Kenny because it had been Stephanie for a while. <laughs> And I just personally thought that was funny. And Arcade goes, allow me to introduce Kenny Gardner. And Kenny goes, wow, you're the X-Men. He's outside the tube now. <laughs> Did this happen for you? Did he talk to you? No, I didn't see this child ever again. It was just, he was stuck in the tube forever. Oh, Kenny comes out of the tube now. And Storm <laughs> is like, uh, yes, we're the X-Men. Are you okay? And Kenny goes, I guess so. I'm just tired. Mr. Kincaid said he was going to introduce me to you. This is so cool. <laughs> Jean Grey just uses her telekinesis to disarm Arcade like he drops the gun and then Beast just somersaults over there and picks up the gun and Logan <laughs> pops his claws and like pokes Arcade at the throat and is like did this creep hurt you kid and Kenny is like no he and Miss Locke and I just played some games until you got here <laughs> and Jean is like what kind of games and Kenny's like he had me do my tricks I can make myself real hot and then burst into flames but not real flames like the human torch Mr. Kincaid said I turned myself into charged plasma when I'm like that I turn all blue and hot I can shoot these radical beams and blow things up <laughs> kind of a weird set of powers I yeah what I, I don't know I don't what know. he's describing here like. me either he becomes like a blue flame that can shoot beams of light that hurt people. <laughs> he's not the humish torch. He's the blue torch. He's like the blue mm -hmm. fire from the Zelda. The blue blue man torch. Um, so the Gene blue is, man torch. My favorite band. Gene is like, so he didn't do anything to hurt you. And Kenny's like, nah, he let me cut loose. I've always been afraid to use my powers. I thought I might hurt myself or somebody else. He put me in a glass tube to cool off. I got <laughs> real hot. I really didn't like this child saying I got real hot twice. By the way, I just didn't like it. I didn't like yeah, it after getting into the creepy van. Yep, I know it's not good. 
Uh, he's like, going into the stranger's van was fine. I just played games with him and went into a big tube. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know what this is teaching children. So then Jean quietly goes into Kenny's mind to see if he was like brainwashed or something. Cause she's like worried about him. And she's like, wow, actually nothing bad happened to the child and he's completely fine. And Kenny's like, Mr. Kincaid's really cool. He let me call my parents and everything. And Storm- <laughs> I know it's hilarious. And Storm just goes, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) And Arcade goes, simple. I was... (laughs) Like, it's just like a normal man. And you know, it's a child. Storm's like, what the hell is happening? I know, it's so funny. And Arcade goes, I was hired to test Kenny's powers. There was never really real danger to the boy at any time. And Logan goes, who hired you, pal? I want names. And then 2XL goes, and I'm guessing you got something like this, maybe? He goes, we all know Arcade is a slippery guy. There's only a 50-50 chance he's going to tell the X-Men. I didn't get All you this. can do is press either A or C to find out how this story ends. <laughs> I press A, and, and that was apparently the bad ending, because Arcade just fucking teleports away and is like, my contract expressly forbids me to tell you who hired me, and he presses a button to teleport away, and then the building starts self-destructing Metroid style. Like the mutant alarm goes off and they all have to run out. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're entertained by this. None of this shit happened for me. Okay. Like... That's really funny. Um, so all of them just leave and then they go to meet up with Professor X. <laughs> that was how it ended. And naturally I was like, I have to know who hired Arcade. So that was why I started scrubbing back. And I was like, oh, Mr. Sinister. And I listened to the Mr. Sinister ending as well. Why was that like a video game ending? Well, I mean, it's it is so, Arcade. It's so, so funny. Because it's such a <laughs> shitty ending, too. Like, it's Arcade being like, I'm not going to tell you shit. Bye. And he just leaves. You made me laugh so hard that I'm literally crying. Like, that was really funny. Yeah, like, I mean, this like, is just a pretty good game. Like, you got me. Like, when Storm, like, all the shits being explained where fucking the kid is like, where yeah, Kenny's we like, I'm games. fine. I had a great time playing video games with Arcade. And I called my mom and she said it was fine. And I don't need to be back till late. <laughs> and like, Storm is just like, just what like, the fuck <laughs> is happening here? <laughs> It's Man, so the 90s funny. were a wild time. Like, they really were. Like, the 90s were a time when a robot would be like, don't get in a van with a stranger, but it might turn out fine. <laughs> Thank you, Cloaky. Like, what the oh, fuck? Jesus Christ, this is the most Cloaky shit that's ever been on our show. They don't make cartoons. They, don't, they do not make stories like this anymore, where it's like this random. They just don't. Like, these days, all children's stories are like super deep and about like trauma and shit. And like, there's like a thousand lessons. This story, there's no lesson. The story is just like, what the fuck? And then it ends. <laughs> this is like everything that we were obsessed with in the early 2000s, early internet age, where everything was just random. And we're like, it's funny because it's random because that's what we grew up with. Honestly, yeah. I think that is a part of it, where it is like that style of comedy that was in the mid 90s, where just shit would happen happen god can you imagine ryan how obsessed with this tape we would have been if we had oh this god. tape if somebody wants to find this tape and send it to our p.o box at p.o box 3344 but then also get us get us a time machine so that we yeah, can right. send it to ourselves at age 14 and listen to it then because we would be crying laughing at this tape we can you would. imagine that we would, shit? you me and katie would be peeing ourselves we would have listened to this tape until it broke like we would have been obsessed with it and the Mr. Sinister part which you need to tell about that I, I will I will I kind of feel bad that Katie and Todd were not 
part of this now, but it's hilarious. Anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, clearly we need to just expand the Mutant Ages to include the full cast every time because it just makes me want to know what everybody else would have chosen and what they think. Ever since the Wolverine anime, I've just been like, I'm like, yeah, now our show typically includes Maddie and I and then every other episode at least has six other people. That is what's <laughs> happened from the Wolverine <laughs> anime. I was like... Yep, sounds right to me. Anyway, um, so it was... Oh my God, who, who the fuck is even with me? It's Storm Beast... And Gambit. and Gambit. And so that we've climbed through that hole that exploded in the wall. And you've defeated all the additional robots. Right. And Storm, in typical fashion, also walks in. This is my little note. She screams, who the fuck brought us here? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. It's like Storm and Gambit be like, what the hell is this? And then so we find Gene and Logan mm-hmm. and they're there. And that's when Storm's like, who the fuck brought us here? And Gene's like, I sense a teenage mutant through this steel door. <laughs> steel doors in this story. And they're like, how are we going to get through it? And Logan goes, like this. And he slices it open. And they just like go inside. Why did they even question that anyway? I don't know. And So there was no like the teenager rises up in the tube. He's just in the tube there. And they're like, oh. And Gambit's like, what's going on with this kid? Like, what's going on? And then Arcade walks out (laughs) and he's like, excuse me? (laughs) I was doing tests on him before I was rudely interrupted. And then somebody's voice goes, do you want to know who he's working for? And it was like, I, it was funny. It was like option three. That's where it starts with option three, sinister <laughs> or option four, apocalypse, which I think lines up with like the fast forwarding of the taste. The numbers. Yeah, yeah. Because there's one, two, three and four are like the numbers. I mean, I chose sinister, but apparently the real ending is the apocalypse ending because that's what 2XL told, told me at the end of this. They Wait, were like, really? Yeah, I don't even was he know. Was he like, you didn't get the real ending? That's crazy that he just says that to you. It's like, yeah, if you like that, you're stupid. Pretty much. Because that ending was fake. Okay, so this <laughs> whole scene is like insane because it makes no sense where I click Sinister and Arcade transforms into Mr. Sinister. I, did that happen for you? Which makes no sense. Yes, it happened when I went back and listened to this okay, too. So you, okay, it so- makes no sense because they had a conversation earlier in the story. So like, was he talking to himself, Robbie Flake style? Like, no, what because the fuck? because at the end, I don't know if you got to the end of the scene, but Arcade is also just there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, okay, I, so, I listened to this exact same ending because I think that's what I got to too. Right, because you you had to listen to Mister Sinister. Of course, I wanted to know what he would say. Right. So yeah, Arcade transforms into Mister Sinister, and it's like described in this really creepy way, where it's like his skin whitens to a bright white, and a diamond appears, and it's for it's like, whoa, it's like body horror, and he's got his ribbon cape on. I first of all thought it was insane that Mr. Sinister was posing as Arcade, and the reason he gives makes no sense, because Arcade is there, and Arcade is still the one who ran all these fucking games, so it was like, why is he also, why is, like, Arcade is there doing this shit already? And he just, just was wearing an Arcade costume for no reason. Like, it was, it's Arcade who kidnapped the kid, not Mr. Sinister. But then once when the X-Men showed up, Mr. Sinister just thought it would be funny to be arcade for five <laughs> seconds. I don't, I don't even know. Why didn't they just have him walk out? It's like I they rewrote it or, or something. <laughs> and they were like, wait, that doesn't work. And then they forgot to change it. Like, I It's hilarious. It's good I shit. shouldn't keep saying they because it's one person who wrote it. By the way. <laughs> okay, true. All right. So Gene screams, Sinister. And Sinister goes, Correct, which I thought was really funny. Yes. And Logan goes, but why the fuck are you posing as Arcade? <laughs> which is a really good question, it turns out. It turns out Logan has a valid question for once in his life. And yep. Sinister is like, he had access to certain facilities and a face a child would trust. And I'm like, 
He does not. It's fucking arcade. I know. Because Storm literally just goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I get him stealing arcade's facilities, but... Also, according to the plot, he paid Arcade for the facilities. So like, I don't even know. It like doesn't make sense. And then Sinister goes, the child may have the cure to the legacy disease created by strife. Therefore, I brought the kid here to run tests. And Logan's like, you did what? And like Sinister's <laughs> like, I brought him here to see if he held the key. And Logan's like, did the child have any say in this matter? Which is true. Logan is right. But also, I don't know that we ever find out the answer to that. Sinister dodges the question. No, and Sinister just goes, would it matter if the child yeah. was the key to saving the mutant race? And Gambit goes, we won't let you perform those experiments on kids. And Sinister goes, are those experiments any better than the ones conducted by your own Professor Xavier? And we like, nobody has an answer. Nobody has an answer. <laughs> also, by the way, I love that this is just the end of The Last of Us Part 1 suddenly. And Mr. <laughs> Sinister is just like, listen, we got to fucking find a cure here. Who gives a shit if the kid is a consenting or not? And like the X-Men are like, we care. <laughs> well, but then it's Mr. Sinister who's the one who's like, well, he's not the key, so I'm going to let him go. So anyway, Be- yes, Beast goes- He's like, oh, so I did the test. It didn't really work. Oh, okay, hold on. So Beast is like, well, what you're doing isn't right. And Sinister yeah. is like, it's thinking like that, which is causing you to drag your heels and finding the cure for the legacy disease and cancer. And, and I was just like, throws in cancer, which is so fucking funny. He's like, that's going to prevent you from solving the legacy virus and cancer. Like, that's literally how he and says Storm's it. like, no, Sinister. It's that kind of thinking that is basic human rights. We will not let this continue. And Sinister goes, I figured as much. Luckily, <laughs> while you were fighting your way through Murder World, I finished the tests, and the child is not the key. Take him and leave. And Logan goes, not without you. And Sinister goes, that is not an option. And then he just disappears. He just fucking teleports <laughs> away. Like, why do people have the ability to teleport? Like, Arcane and Sinister both have teleportation powers for no reason. Okay, first of all, it's not cool that he kidnapped a child, but like it seems like the kid went with them willingly, according to the ending you gave me. Like yeah. with the arcade where like they were playing games and he called his mom to make sure it was okay. Well, but I guess that didn't really happen in my version, though. Like in your version, Sinister hurts the kid and they barely like he needs medical attention and all that at the end. Oh, right. I guess you're right. And in my version, the kid is fine. But it is funny because I was like, I'm like, I don't I'm like, it's not OK that he kidnapped this kid. But like also he has a solid point that nobody's doing anything about the legacy virus. That I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's also like maybe if the kid knew much like Ellie in The Last of Us, he might have been like. Like, yeah, sure, I'll help. Yeah, right. But naturally, nobody asks kids their opinions on anything. So no, right. So it's like it's it's just crazy. But I do like that line where he's like, "What? How yeah, is what, what about I- Professor Xavier who experiments on kids and sends them into battle constantly and risks I their lives?" I love that line. Sinister I know, it's is amazing. like, <laughs> "I'm like, you're making it hard for me to disagree with you right now." Anyway, so there's that I love flash that of no light. one has an answer to it either. Like he just says I, that, no. and everybody's like. Uh, and then Sinister is just like presses a button on a watch and teleports away and it's amazing I, it's really like that and then the real arcade is just standing there and he's like yeah. I told him not to fight you guys the kid needs medical attention I was like there's what and the X-Men are like uh, you're coming with us too our arcade goes I was also a victim here and even though <laughs> I, I know, ran he like so ran funny. the whole murder world for Sinister during that yeah. because that's what Mr. Sinister said he's like I yeah. was running the experiments and Arcade was distracting you in Murder World. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what about all those other people you murdered? And Arcade's like, that doesn't count right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's on 
honestly, like this is the best ending because it's the funniest ending. Like I think it has the best line. I don't know. Yours is yours is pretty funny. I kind of like pretty that funny. one more. Honestly, the whole story is pretty funny. Like it's it, it was a great time listening to it. All right. And so so he's like, anyway, I have to turn off the defense systems for all of you and the kids to escape. And so the X-Men just leave. There's no self-destruct Metroid Resident Evil. Oh ending. my god. So he turns off the defense systems in that ending? That's hilarious. Yeah, like is. in my ending, he turns them on and is like, bye. And then the two XL bot goes. <laughs> Don't you want to know what the child's story is and what would have happened if it turned out to be Apocalypse? If you want to know the real ending, go back and do the whole story again. And in the wise words of Todd Harper, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, that's why I was just scrubbing around trying to find different audio clips. I was like, I'm not doing all this shit again. Also, we already got to have that experience by just hearing each other recount it. So now I don't even need to go to the Mojoverse. I already got no, to hear you it don't. from you. You really and don't. You don't need to go to Gene's Nightmare Realm. You really, really don't. Because okay, I still don't know what the fuck that was. That ending with Arcade that you got is hilarious. I was it's pretty crying. funny. It's just Kenny goes somewhere and plays a game and leaves. Like, that's the He's story. He's like, he called his mom, and Arcade's like, yeah, it's fine. He's here on his own free will. And then Storm's like, what the fuck? fuck is happening like, <laughs> I know and then they just leave like I feel like the self-destruct thing happens at the end solely because if they left normally it would be too anticlimactic you know what I mean like but mine what? was anticlimactic too they just literally turned off the defense systems and walked out the door yeah at least yours had like an I had like the Metroid situation. ending where everybody had to run away <laughs> It's like the end of a demon. Self-destruct. It was the cameraman the whole time. Yeah, right. It was Mr. Sinister. So are are we going to be able to give this story a rating? I don't even know how to rate it because it's <laughs> different every time. I don't know. I, I'll give it a three. I, I had a great time. You can rate your experience and the story you got. And even like a three, I, I would give it a four or five, but like, I don't think it's that deep and it's not really trying I to be. I don't either. I feel like if, if we had it as children, it would be a five for on nostalgia value, but mostly listening to this as an adult, I was like, man, I would have loved this as a kid. Like, this is so cool. It is a really cool concept. It's very, very cool. And it's like a fun way to get introduced to Mr. Sinister and like Madeline Pryor and all these crazy deep cut X-Men characters that weren't on the cartoon, you know? You know? I have to now interrupt this program because I was scrolled further down on the Wikipedia page to say the toy's success, the 2XL robot, was also the basis for a game show called Pick Your Brain, produced by Mark Summers. What? <laughs> the third Summers brother? Wait. Mark Summers? Yeah, hold, yeah. yeah, you know, from Double Dare. And so the 2XL robot in the show served as the assistant to Mark Summers. 2XL was also a spokes robot for basketball player Michael Jordan. Wow. <laughs> That was probably a huge boon for Michael Jordan's career to have 2XL being his spokes robot. I feel like I probably have watched this. This This is probably like a a YouTube reel or whatever that you've seen before with like a million commercials of 2XL talking about Michael Jordan, which I am going to be sampling for my upcoming album. Hold on. I need to send you this to watch afterwards, but like. The 2XL robot is like the si- the size of the stage. That sounds terrifying. I will watch this later and have a flashback because it's bringing up all kinds of nostalgia for me. Okay, this show is insane. I'm I'm just watching it and I don't even know. Silently like <laughs> Yeah, I have the sound off. Anyway, um uh was anything gay in this episode? The
I don't want to give any credit to Arcade being gay and like being pedophilic, but I will say that Kenny is described as a gay child at the beginning or a gay teenager. Mm -hmm. A gay gender fluid kid. That's true. Um, Like that part was pretty queer. It is pretty queer, totally unintentionally, but mostly I think it's a sign of how this story was supposed to appeal to listeners of any gender. And I think that's actually kind of sweet. Also, like, I feel like because of the way that the teams were divided up, there weren't that many opportunities for different X-Men to interact. But Logan and Cable, in my version, pretty gay. Yeah. <laughs> like that moment when Logan was like, Cable, you look pretty with that gun, but I'm going to need yeah, you to shoot that it. that was gay. <laughs> but also, I will point out that, like, Logan being gay for Cable was something that Gene was thinking about. Yeah, that's in Gene's fantasy. You're right. Gene just, like, when she, like has some time to herself is busy thinking about Logan fucking her son. That's weird. It is kind of weird. It is kind of <gasps> weird now that I think about it. Also, Jean is so self-absorbed that she just invented multiple versions of herself in her head to fight. <laughs> but couldn't fight any of them. Yeah. She couldn't even She's get like, out of it. Oh Logan just had God, to pull her out of the I machine. I can't do it. I just think it's also <laughs> funny. Like, I keep saying this, but it's funny that Arcade kept being like, if Jean gets disconnected, she could die. And she doesn't. She's fine. It's like, <laughs> no, I think why it's really that funny that like, Logan pulls her out of the machine and they just get up and leave. They do. They literally instantly get up and leave. And like, again, 2XL didn't even like give me a choice there. I mean, I don't know what I would have chosen. Probably because they know that you would choose to not have Logan kill Gene. So they need him to just do it. It seems sometimes when you get a choice in this this game that the results will still be the same depending on what it is. You know, and yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. should he free her or not? And then he just does it anyway, you know? Right. There's just like he thinks about it a little bit longer if he chooses no. Yeah, which is ridiculous, but also very much like Logan. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that was this episode. We did it. (laughs) And I guess we should go ahead and say next week, instead of starting the Logan movie, we are going to listen to the other one of these because we just wanted to go ahead and do both of these because it was fun. Yeah. So if you want to listen along with us, feel free. Uh, The next one is called Ghosts That Haunt Us and it's got Magneto in it. And I'm so excited. Ghosts That Haunt Us. Love it. I'm trying to find if it's the same writer. So so that's the other thing about these is that it's really hard to find any information about these cassettes because no one knows about them. Like, yeah, right. It's kind of incredible that Adam did did know about it um, because it's like very hard to find information about it. There are people on eBay selling it in its full packaging Mm -hmm. that it comes in unopened for $40 or you can buy just the tape that somebody's used for $40. Great. Scalping. Really good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what there was a tape cassette of the x-men 2 soundtrack i didn't even think we still had tapes then i didn't either but i guess they kept making them for a while i feel like the deadly games tape is easier to find on here than the second one i'm not finding the ghosts one anywhere which is kind of annoying because i want to read more about it well Anyway, I miss the days that we had tape cassettes. I think they were really cool. And they're definitely cool collector's items if you find them. They are cool. They're really little and they're cute. And sometimes they have cool art on them. Yeah, you also have to sort of find a way to play them. So you'd have to go to Savers or whatever and see if there's like a boom box. Although I will point out that a lot of these albums and tapes that were specifically made as tape cassette or vinyl that never got released in anywhere else, people have. For literally everything, dumped it onto YouTube. So, like, you can find anything. I know. I, I really mean that. And it's really cool because I actually do sit down sometimes and we'll pull up, like, a tape cassette version of an 80s album that I like or 
a vinyl version of it and just like how it sounds different. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's really interesting. Like I find this shit like really cool. So it's also just comforting on, in a weird way to like, listen to something. There was a period of time. Remember it when you were a kid. Right. There's something about the nostalgia because for, there was a period of time that I kept the VCR in my bedroom, like like a year or two ago. And I would just be like, you know what? I'm gonna put on a VHS like when I go to bed, and like that would actually put me to sleep mm-hmm. because the sound just of the, the soft VCR running, sound of that ca- that right. certain kind of static too when the tape is over. Yeah, the soft sound of the VCR moving, being like, mm, yeah. But also like the way sound is on a VHS, like when you're watching it on the TV, it's like very like dampened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like very calming. It's like ASMR for people that were born between 1970 and 1999. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> the same person wrote both tapes. It's Joe Edkin. He's written some comics. Congrats to that guy. Ghost That Haunt Us looks like it also has Jubilee in it, so that's exciting. Good. Good. I wonder if that one will also have... Um, who are we missing? Scott? Cyclops? Do you want to hear the recap of the story from the back of the box? Where's Rogue? It doesn't say anything about Rogue. Um, Professor Xavier leads the X-Men in a winner-take-all battle against Magneto and his acolytes. You decide if you want to teleport the X-Men to Avalon or guide the Blackbird to Germany to uncover the mysterious appearance of Magda, Magneto's late love. Okay, you can go to Avalon and I will go to Germany. Um, okay. All your favorite heroes and villains come together in an action-packed story that you control. When Professor X and Magneto square off, who's left standing? Will Jubilee survive her first battle on Avalon? Okay, you need to go to Avalon for sure. Okay, I guess I do. Why does Exodus <laughs> Why does Exodus deceive the acolytes? Oh, Exodus know. is here? Exodus is going to be wow. here. Wow. I love how obscure the characters I are know! on this. Like props to Joe Edkin for being like, you know what? I'm going to pull in Exodus. And Madeline Pryor? Look, okay, come on. I know. And Rachel Summers. I mean, Again, props. I wonder if these characters would have been on TS. Wait, no, they are. I don't are. think so because I don't think they, they would have been because Joe Edkin didn't write for TAS. That was part of why I Googled him because I wanted to know if this was canon with anything. And it, it isn't. Yeah. I mean, he wrote some it's comic not. books, but he, he isn't like a big TV writer. So, Although I think I'm pretty sure I heard them talk about X-Men 97 having Rachel Summers in it. So that might be a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that he looked at some of the notes. And Madeline Pryor. I think I think I heard yep. both those things. And he was like, well, Mr. Sinister, obviously big deal. And like some of these other things make sense to include. Arcade. arcade. Ar- wasn't Arcade on X-Men TAS? No, I can't even he wasn't. remember anymore. Nope. The first time we saw him was on X-Men Evolution, and that was the last time. Wow, that's so crazy. It is, because he kept on appearing in video games around the time that TAS came out. Mm-hmm. So. And also, he appeared in this, which is not that far after TAS came out. So, But no. this wasn't exactly yeah. like famous. I mean, I don't know how popular these tapes were. Again, since it's very hard to find information about them, I don't know that they were like hugely popular, but I'm sure the people who knew them were obsessed with them because they're fucking awesome. Yeah, and I really love the shout out we got on this to do Me this. Me too. This it's... was amazing. People definitely should feel free to send us things like this and ask if we're going to cover it because for all you know, we don't know about it and we wouldn't cover it otherwise. So we appreciate yeah, everybody looking out awesome. for obscure and I'm excited X-Men for round adaptations. Two. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so mutantages.com, it's our website. It's where you can go to find all the different ways to contact us and information about the show um we've got an email address it's the mutant ages at gmail.com we have a link to our discord server people have been talking a lot in there we have a lot of new listeners which is great and people are joining um we have a voicemail inbox 1508-319-1668 you can call us leave a message we answer those on our listener feedback episodes 
And we have a P.O. Box, P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Obviously, we're going to be ordering two XL robots to be delivered there, but you can send us whatever you want. <laughs> and we will we will check it out. Just let us know if you send us something so we know oh to go God, check on it. I need to it. go there. You do. Um, yeah, we're also all over social media. We're the mutant ages everywhere uh, on every platform. Ryan, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> my phone started falling. I was trying to catch it. It kept on. I kept on. I kept on trying to grab it. It fell off the edge, and it kept on bouncing back. And eventually, it fell. Great story. <laughs> um, I am also personally on social media. I'm at Mitty Myers. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm at Ryan Pagella everywhere on YouTube and Blue Sky and Instagram. I think those are the two things I use most. Yeah, now. me too. Like, Blue Sky and Insta are my main two places I'm updating. Yeah, X I, mean, X, I just called it X. Twitter is like dying. I pop in there every once in a while and see that there's I get like almost no engagement over there. So I've really, I've just stopped trying. Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of crazy. I lo- Whenever I log in and I decide to scroll, I remember I could never get to the previous day on Twitter because there were so many posts. I get to the previous day in like five minutes. Not a good sign. <laughs> no. But you can follow us at Blue Sky, which is growing pretty rapidly. And if you need uh, a code. Yeah, join our Discord server. Yeah, we have a bunch of extras. And Todd yeah. is on there. We would be more than willing. And so you could follow the three of us. And maybe eventually Ryte and Katie will be on there. Who knows? They're not really social media beings in the way that we are. No, but I may as well give one to Ryte now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Also, you can go to our YouTube channel as well, which is the Mutant Ages uh, on YouTube, we referenced that in terms of the Tiger Hand Held games that we played, and we have more. I have another one that I want Maddie to play, and she's just like begging me not to. <laughs> but but you can go watch us play X Men video games there, and sometimes I match up clips with this show with the animations and the cartoons. So it's a good time. I highly recommend it if you want some additional Mutant Ages content that has a video attached to it, and also unites the entire. Mutant Ages team for specials. So mm-hmm. go give that a subscribe. Hell yeah. And a thumbs up. And hit that bell. Ring well, that bell. bell. It's a new um, theme song of the Mutant Ages, everybody. <laughs> have <laughs> we mentioned the Patreon yet? I don't think we have. That's no. the next thing. So we got a Patreon. There's bonus episodes over there. There's outtakes, behind the scenes stuff. Check it out. Give it a buck or two, depending on what you can afford. Our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. They do. You gonna do arcade? <laughs> I am. I, I was. I was like either that I or Mister Sinister Mojo. I mean, there's so many voices. There are. Okay, hold on. So, <clears throat> like, where do I go? Uh, Samuel B. B. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me in these games today. It's been a really long time, and we had a great time, and I can't wait for everybody to come back and join me in my tubes. <laughs> that was really good. Samuel B. and Soren B. got to go play games with Arcade <laughs> and Miss Locke, and then they went home. That's what happened. Nothing bad happened to them. <sighs> Oops. Why are you just playing music again? Jeez. All right. Well, if you can't afford to support the show, uh, we love you very much. We appreciate you. We're sorry that you can't afford to support it, but we hope that you will leave us a review or share the yeah. show with your friends on your personal social media, whatever that even is anymore. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's another episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with another 2XL take. 2XL two hour episode. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Bye. Choose A if you want this 
Oh my God, we should have been doing that the whole time. (laughs) If you want to end and come back next week and choose C if you want the podcast to turn into Mr. Sinister. And like, no matter what you choose, the podcast just ends. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a 2XL And the 2XL robot goes, you have to listen to the podcast again to get the correct ending. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You have to listen to it all again and try choosing it again. Bye. 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 did a good job in guiding the X-Men through this adventure. There are still a lot of surprises hidden in my memory banks. The next time you play it, be sure to make different choices and you will discover new surprises. Okay, goodbye for now and please rewind this tape.